Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I've got Scott Betley, better known as That Mortgage Guy across all platforms, joining me today. And Scott, I mean, you, you've just blown up on TikTok. You're at what, 700 plus thousand followers, millions of likes and views on that platform. Where are you at on TikTok and how'd you do it? Uh, honestly, where I'm at right now is just continuing to build and grind. It's a lot of work, but um, but what's the exact follower count? Because I don't know if I even had it right. Yeah, I think it's at like seven twenty point two now. Seven twenty k on yeah, TikTok, my man. But but yeah, man, it's been a lot of work. I mean, it's it's a roller coaster ride. You know, it is putting out content. It's nonstop. It's every day. Um, so there's a lot of pressure, kind of like once you get to this level, which I've navigated through over the last year, but um. But yeah, there's just so much to go into it. So it's, it's tough to like just answer that right off the cuff and, but so, without like giving you a long spiel, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so let, let's, let's back up here. I, I, people are definitely going to be interested in how TikTok took off for you. So I want to, I want to dive into that. When you say pressure around creating the content, let's get into that. But you know, your core, your core business is helping people get mortgage loans. You're licensed in a whole bunch of states. So let's just back up real quick. Give me, you know, what you do on a day-to-day business. What's your uh, basis? What's your core business all about? Yeah. I mean, as far as the social media is concerned, it's probably about 60 to 65% of my business now. And I've leveraged, you know, the lead flow and the leads just with local realtor partners and, you know, being able to leverage that and get referrals and reciprocation back to kind of grow it to another level. But um, yeah, I mean, as far as my day to day, you know, putting out two to three videos a day, just staying consistent, you know, trying to stay on top of the trends and the actual culture of TikTok and what's performing well and just the, the way the platform works. It's kind of different from Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube and what we've seen over the last 10 to 15 years. And uh, short form content is is just so fresh. I mean, I think what are we a year and a half, two years into this really being a serious thing, and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes over the next decade because we've seen you know long form content over the last ten to fifteen years it's so played out, and I think this is the next phase. So we'll see. Yeah, and you see every platform right adapting to short form video. So TikTok, which was the most visited website of 2021 beating Google clearly has something here with, with the short form content. So immediately you saw Instagram with reels, you know, really dive in and try to duplicate, you know, the success that TikTok was having YouTube now, uh, allowing people to upload what's called YouTube shorts. So you're right. Short form content is what people want to consume, whether they consume it for a long time or not. People like that bite size video. How does someone get started producing short form content on TikTok or IG Reels? Honestly, I would start with TikTok. It's a perfect hub. You know, everything on that platform is short form, and everything that I put out originates from TikTok, whether it's a trending sound or a skit or, you know, something in the culture of our world and current events and what's happening in this day and age. Um, everything that I film is on TikTok and originates from TikTok. And I kind of spread that out to Instagram Reels, YouTube, Pinterest Stories, Facebook sometimes. 
But um, the reality is, I mean, Instagram, I think their CEO just came out this past week and said that Instagram Reels is what they're pushing heavily this year because they're trying to oh, compete sure. with TikTok. So the organic reach there is is huge right now. I mean, I have, I think, three or four videos in the last month on Reels that have gotten over a million views. And I was never getting millions of views on Instagram. And I have 28, 29,000 followers. So the organic reach is there. Um, and I think, you know, these platforms are just trying to compete. And starting with TikTok and just repurposing that content for the other platforms, it's just, it makes it easy. You know, it's simple. You just take it and throw it back up. Um, so that's, that's what I do. It's, it's working. And it's the reason I've gone from, I think, 1200 or 1500 followers to almost 30,000 this year on Instagram. There's agents, lenders, teams listening to this right now. So being tactical on what you mean by putting your content from TikTok to Instagram for a minute, how to put your TikTok to Instagram. Is that just taking the video, downloading it, or are you re-uploading it specific to that platform? How to take a TikTok and put it on IG Reels? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways. Um, I myself personally do it, and I save it as a live photo, and then I convert it to a video, and then I I'll throw it into Splice because when you do it that way, it eliminates the audio track from the video. So you've got to take the audio track and throw it back on top of it in like some sort of post production app, which I do in Splice on my phone. But I've also heard this that there is this app called Save Talk or Save Tick or something like that. It's an okay. app for a smartphone where it it just downloads the TikTok video without the watermark on it. But you're right. If you download it from TikTok and you hit save video, it's going to have that floating TikTok watermark in it, which I don't like to post the content on Reels with that. I feel like it it looks sloppy. So I I either do like the live photo or, you know, people do that save. I think it's save talk or something like that. So um, And you're finding you just had one or a few that popped a million with, with just not just 28K on, on Instagram is amazing. I'm saying, you know, that that's a huge that's a huge number for a 28k followed account to yeah. go million plus video on on a reel. Yeah, exactly, especially on something that's so niche like finance. I mean, it, it just kind of speaks to the organic reach and the fact that these platforms are emulating TikTok so heavily that they're pushing this content so much. To you try know, it's it, so it's funny you say, you know, we always look at real estate, you know, mortgage lending as niche because there's only you know, 1.4, 1.5, maybe 1.6 right now, million realtors in the country. So people that are going to be really interested in this content, right. you know, that there's maybe a couple million. How many lenders are there? Do you know that number? Or? I don't. And I can tell you probably majority of them are over the age of 40 to 45 anyway. So they're, oh, not, for sure, yeah. <laughs> they're not on yeah. social media I, too. So that's well, the, the average age of, of agents is uh, 58, you know, and so I totally agree with you there. Um, but Everybody right now is interested in what's happening in the real estate market. So there's a huge opportunity to be an educator yeah. on what's happening with the, you know, with mortgage rates, you know, the situation of low inventory and how to buy a home. Are there options to buy a home with a low down payment or no down payment? So there's a lot of interest right now in that because it's a hard asset. It's a place where you can feel pretty safe putting your cash, investing into real estate, you've just done a better job than any lender I've seen 
creating this funny bite-sized content around a typically boring and dry subject. You know, when that lender brawl broke out in Atlantic City, I kind of bashed those guys and I said, you know, this is the problem. The, you know, the average lender, you know, typically lenders will go out and buy a bunch of booze for agents to get reciprocal business back from them, right? And and that's boiling it down to a very basic example, but that's the game, talking products and buying meals and booze. You've gone completely opposite and you've created this content that have that has brought you leads. I mentioned it on Instagram. You're attracting leads directly from consumers as opposed to relying on the agents to give you the lead based on the content that you're producing. How many leads are you getting from your TikTok content on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Uh, last week, I think there were some days where we had like six to 800 leads. Um, Imagine that, six to 800 leads based off of producing content. Yeah. And that was just in a day. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot, man. It's like trying to drink from a fire hose. That's kind of why we're building out a massive team, a, a new bringing on a new call center, just adding LOs. I mean, it's just, it's a lot to kind of sift through and but um, we're, we're getting to the point where it's becoming a well-oiled machine and conversions are getting better and better. So I'm excited about that. But- yeah. Be, you know, this machine was, you know, when did you really like start hitting scale on TikTok? Like how long has it been? Yeah. So was it, it's been a little under two years that I've been going pretty hard at it. I want to say at this time, two years ago, I had maybe like 15 or 20,000 followers on TikTok. And then um, March of 2020 hit and, you know, the pandemic set in and I was home and it was kind of perfect timing, you know, and I had kind of got my feet wet at that point. No one else was really dabbling in it. And I was just like, this is it. I'm going all in. I've got, I can't go on the street. I can't go to realtors offices. I doing all the traditional stuff that, you know, we've always done just wasn't the reality anymore. So that was kind of how I shifted my focus. Um, and I knew it was going to take some time and it's more of a long-term strategy, but it happened much faster than I ever anticipated. And it just kind of goes to show that, you know, if, if you really put the effort in and you, you work hard at it, you know, it, it does happen. It's just a matter of time. But um, you were consistently uploading videos, but, but was it one video in particular that opened your eyes or, or was it more of a you know, a cumulative effect of multiple videos that just, you know, kept doing well? Yeah. I mean, I would say as far as the growth is concerned, I think it's kind of a cumulative play just with all the, all the posts that I have and what has led me to this point. I think there's been probably about 15 to 20 videos that are the heavy hitting videos that have gotten three to 6 million views that are responsible for you know, 15 to 50,000 followers, you know, in, in small instances when those videos take place and pop off. But um, to your point and kind of circling back to what you said about um, generating the lead and going direct to consumer, it's funny when I was at my dad's company, because I've been in the business almost 10 years, he used to pound in my head that you're never going to re- recreate the wheel. Like, you know, this is the way it's done. You've got to go smooth with agents. You've got to you know, right. and I, I always hated that. Like I, I hated having to go and ask for business 
And I always wanted to be able to leverage and be able to provide value to the agent through doing this. And I never really figured out a way to do it until social media kind of clicked. And I think my aha moment was when I did, there was this music video I did on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it was a Billie Eilish music video of uh, Bad Guy. And I rewrote it in, into that mortgage guy. And that was when I really started to realize that like, hey, there's there's something that can be done here. And that was when I started dabbling and then it just kind of took off from there. So And so that one video, that took off, how many views did that video t- go? I want to say it had a little over 100,000 on Facebook just organically. Okay. I think it was, it was shared like, over 5,000 times through um, through that massive Facebook group with all those agents nationwide. I like LabCode or something? Or? I think it was LabCode. Yeah, that's the one yeah. it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> that was before TikTok? Yeah, that was before TikTok. So that was in November or December of 2019. Wow. And, like what's one TikTok video? Do you have a number? You mentioned like an, a range, but – What's, you know, what's the most followers you've picked up off of one TikTok video if you have a rough number? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think the one that was the most beneficial um, was the Usher sound about, um, it was about the down payment assistance program, the down payment towards Equity Act of 2021. And I think it was in like March or April timeframe, but I, it was on the that show that I did last week with the press release with our division. And I forget the name of the song, but essentially it was about the down payment assistance program. I think it got like five or 6 million views, but I gained almost a hundred thousand followers just from that. And it was like a teaser post about this being announced. And so many people followed me to learn more because I said, you know, more updates coming soon, keep everyone posted. And so I think that was kind of like the call to action where people like, Oh, I want to know about this when it comes to fruition. And they followed so that was a good one but there's also been i mean there was a trend in april or may of last year that i think i gained like two or three hundred thousand followers from where i just i nailed it i was early to the trend and the first time i did it it got like one or two million views and then i redid the video and made it about credit about down payment assistance about you know same trend, same trend, but just spinning and twisting different information into it with the same sort of video, but just reshooting the video. And yeah, I mean, the first time I did it, it got a million views. And then the second time it got three, the fourth time it got like 5 million. So well, let's dig in and let's dig in and unpack this just a little bit, a little bit more, because when, when we hung out with Tom, Tom Ferry in Dallas at the mastermind that you and I met, back in in December, you walked me through this and you said, you know, you find a, you know, a trend that's working really well. You do it multiple times just with using different angles, different copy, a slightly adjusted story. How can someone do this? Can you walk them through the steps, uh, you know, because you're used to doing this, walk them through the steps of how to duplicate content in a unique way because you know you've got something good and you can keep hitting it. Yeah, I mean, as far as spinning trends and, you know, recreating content like that, it, it kind of comes down to creativity. You know, for me, I, I have to kind of compartmentalize content, Jen, and focus on it later in the day at night when I feel like I can get creative and really focus on it because 
we're going a mile a minute, you know, during the day and we've just got so much on our plates. So it really allows me to kind of focus and maybe have a couple beers and just relax and let my hair down and just get creative. But I mean, as far as like identifying the trends, I kind of have a little bit of a, a strategy behind that where, you know, everything that I come up with is literally content from the For You page and trends that are performing well on the platform, whether it's an early trend or an older trend, you know, if I see the trend and it pops up on my For You page and it doesn't click right away where I'm like, oh, I can do this like that. Then I'll go to the little record disc in the bottom right hand corner, which is the actual sound of the video. Yep. And if you click that, then there's a thread of thousands to millions of videos that have been made to that sound. And if it doesn't quite click off the bat, you know, I'll go through a hundred, two, three hundred videos to that sound to try to just see different angles of how different creators have spun it, you know, just different things that I may be able to incorporate. And you never know, like there's been times where I've been sitting on a sound just scrolling looking for an idea and then it clicks i'm like oh i can do this that way and this creator did it totally different than this guy that i saw initially um and so it just it, whatever kind of clip hits that light bulb in your head i, I feel like but. once you find something do you batch three or four videos at once like if you're in that creative mode do you batch a certain number of videos or as many as you can get done so you then you have content for the next X amount of days? No, I mean, I, the way that I do it, I actually film my content throughout the day. So I normally will do a noon post and a 5 p.m. post, sometimes a 6 p.m. post. So I'm doing like two to three videos a day on average. I film my content in real time, but I do my creative planning at nighttime where I like have a personal okay. text thread with myself where I'm sharing these videos, texting it to myself with a little blurb of how I want to spin it. And then for me, because I've done thousands of videos, I'm to the point where it takes me four to five minutes to shoot a video in real time and just throw it out there. But like the planning aspect is just so crucial because I, I can't do that in the midst of my day. and. And once I have that in my head and I've kind of planned it, like I know what I'm going to do. So that's how I do it. I don't really batch shoot, to be honest. Love it. And obviously somebody like Glenda, she is batch shooting, right? Where she's getting 30 videos eye, done in a, in a day. So that way she has her whole month out and then yeah. she's going to re, you know, schedule another Glenda Baker, obviously, you know, somebody else who's really figured out TikTok and, and, having a lot of success within. She's a great follow if you, if you haven't followed Glenda. Uh, all right. So what, what are, you know, somebody who wants to start creating this type of content, whether it's following the trends like you or maybe story, storytelling like what, what Glenda's doing or uh, doing more news-related stuff, that's what I'm starting to do. I'm starting – you've really motivated me, by the way, Scott, Thanks. to get into TikTok. We, we had some pretty good conversations out there in Dallas and now, you know, I'm taking my angle and kind of running with it a little bit. But somebody who wants to start, what are the three things they need to implement right away? I believe they should be doing it in 22. So what are your top three tips for TikTok creation? I would say if you're just getting started, you know, go onto the platform, spend some time just familiarizing yourself and how the platform works, what type of content is on there. Cause like I said, it's totally different from what we've seen over the last decade with these other platforms. So just getting familiar with that and figuring out the tricks of the trade and little nuances from other creators, it's going to take time and it's just like anything else. So that's what I didn't do in the beginning. Like I didn't spend, 
20, 30 hours consuming content and trying to figure things out, I just kind of jumped in. And if you go back and look at my first 40 to 50 videos, it, it resonates. Like I was all over the place and there's been a big come up there. Um, but I would start there and I would say other two tips, you know, don't take your yourself too seriously. I, you know, it's being a creator and putting out content. You've kind of got to stop giving a shit about what people think for lack of better terms. Um, and I think if you can, if you can kind of let go of that and just try to stay consistent and focus on your authenticity and what kind of shines through to you and what you like, you know, I think those are the, the three things that I would start with. That's great advice. So one, learn the platform, get into the TikTok culture. Two, be authentic, be you. And then three, stay consistent with it. It's like anything else you're going to have success with in your business this year. If it works, you've got to do it over and over and over again. You, you said something in there, you had 40 or 50 videos in the beginning that just aren't to the level that you're putting out content now, right? You got better over time. Would you... Have you gone and deleted those? Would you suggest to somebody who maybe dabbled with TikTok in 20, put up content they're not really excited about or didn't hit, should you delete those and start fresh? Or you know, have you deleted or do you just leave it up and just like you said, not care uh, about what people think about maybe those old videos? Yeah. I mean, for myself, I've left it up. I feel like there's something to say about the growth and just us getting better as creators and seeing the evolution of that. I agree, um, man. You know, I, it is what it is. People are going to judge you either way. And yeah, you're only as good as your next video. Like me having 720,000 followers. I talk to my team of fellows all the time with the organic reach that we're experiencing on these platforms. The followers really don't, they don't hold as much weight. They help and they're great. But like TikTok. I could have a million followers and post a video that totally flops versus somebody who has a thousand followers who's getting better engagement just because their content is better. Like the algorithm is based on how quality the content is. So you're only as good as your last at bat. Right. Is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I love it. I love it. And we spent a lot of time on TikTok because I, I believe this brings the most value to if you're a lender or a real estate agent or a team listening to this right now, trying to create a brand, trying to generate leads at a ridiculous level, like Scott's doing six to 800 leads a day that he's generating as opposed to asking for. So I think that brings the most value, but you're, you're a lender. You're, you've been in the mortgage industry for a decade but just to wrap this up, what do you see coming in 2022 from a mortgage rate perspective and things that home buyers should be thinking about in their home journey, their, their purchase journey? Yeah, I mean, as far as the landscape, I mean, I feel like 2022 with mortgage rates and everything, it, it's really kind of dependent upon, you know, this. COVID and, you know, Omicron and if there's another variant and how I feel like our government is going to respond to it, I think that's a big factor because if we go back into a, a quarantine state, you know, the government's going to start buying a lot of bonds again because it's going to be an extremely fragile market. So I think a lot of those factors and how that plays out is going to dictate 
how the rest of this year goes. I personally mm. feel like these interest rates are going to slowly trickle up over the course of this year until we reach the low 4% range at some point in the next few years. And then I, I feel like these home home prices, it, we're right back to where April was last year. I mean, it's like the inventory is just a nightmare. It's, it's a struggle it right is. now. And it kind of got better in November, December timeframe, but it is, it's just getting worse fast again. So. It is it is brutal right now. I don't know if you're seeing. I'm interested because you work on so many deals. Yeah, you know you, you you're doing tons of business. Uh, you know, just writing loans yourself personally. Are you seeing a lot of these buyers just getting beat out by cash? It's unbelievable to me how many cash deals are in the market. Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, yeah, we're seeing the same. I mean, we have. Let me pull it up. I think we've got like four or five hundred people shopping on the street right now. And this is in this is all in Maryland, right? Just so if you're no, so this is this is like with my influencer team. Just we track everything nationwide. But yeah, I think we have like four or five hundred pre-approvals shopping nationwide. Nationwide, because you're 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 basically licensed in in basically every state. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, except for Hawaii, Missouri, and New York. Those are our three that we don't cover. Got it. But um. But yeah, it is just, it's brutal. I'm not seeing as many cash offers, but you know, it's just, it's really difficult for like, I, I do a lot of VA and they can't compete with these conventional offers that are offering over list price and guaranteeing the, you know, waiving the appraisal. I mean, it's, it's really difficult. And the VA yeah, borrowers v- don't want to do that. So. Well, VA borrower, you know, can't waive the appraisal. You know, that there's well, things that they, right. Well, I mean, I, I they I'm making can, sure I'm right on that. Could they waive the appraisal? Essentially, they could waive the appraisal as a part of the the contract. Where if they let's just say they offered five hundred thousand and it appraised for four seventy, they could pay the difference to the seller. Coming up with cash, right. yeah, but but the appraisal is going to happen for the bank, right? Yeah, either way. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. not waiving the appraisal. I'm just saying, as far as like the under I got appraisal, you. yeah, so. yeah, I got you. I got you. Now that this week alone, the ten year just hit its highest mark in two years. When I say the ten year, if you're listening to this. And maybe you're a newer agent and you're like, what the heck is, what the heck are these guys talking about? What's the 10 year? How important is it for agents and lenders to be able to articulate the 10 year to their clients? Because you get into somebody, Ivy Zellman uh, said this. She's like, if someone came to list my house and I asked them what the 10 year was and they didn't know, I would be looking for a new agent immediately because it means you're not. You don't understand what impacts mortgage rates. Right. Like how important is it for, for us to be aware of what's going on with that 10 year? It's very important. I mean, it's just as important as the mortgage backed securities. You know, it's kind of a mix of both, but the 10 year and mortgage rates tend to go hand in hand. You know, there are some nuances where that, that doesn't happen, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's a good indication of where rates are and where they're headed. Um, so yeah. It's definitely something you want to keep your eye on for sure. Follow people like Scott. He's he's that mortgage guy with an underscore after or no? Is that just on just on Instagram? On IG. Yeah, so you're that mortgage guy on TikTok uh, without the underscore. It's one underscore on Instagram because Nicole. You know, we did the the marketeer on the real word for you. Mm-hmm. She's following both. There's an account out there with two underscores. Are you aware of it? I saw it. Yep. Yeah, we've reported. Like, I just reached out to Instagram too because everyone I told everyone to report. I think that page has been reported probably thousands of times. <laughs> like I've gotten some 
somehow that page has 20,000 followers because it looks identical to your actual Instagram. You really should have 40,000 on Instagram because I guarantee a bunch of those people came from TikTok, right. followed the fake, followed the fake account. That's crazy. And, uh, and, and you know, Nicole's like, I can't believe, cause I said, Hey, I'm doing a, a podcast with Scott and, and she knows who you are now. Cause we covered you on, on the real word podcast. She's like, I can't believe that he's hitting me up about this crypto stuff, trying to sell me crypto on the DM. I'm like, no, I'm telling you he wouldn't do that. Like, yeah. I know this dude. He's a great dude. He's he's a really good, good dude. And uh, she's like, look, look at the DM. And I'm looking and it looks exactly like your Instagram. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, and this is where you got to be careful sometimes. You know, you got to make sure you're following. And, and like, you should get verified on, on platforms. You're doing such a great job. I, I really believe you know, to, to reduce the, you know, the, these, uh, scam accounts that they need to verify people. But, yeah. um, I got tricked cause I'm like, what the heck? That's yeah. really him. And then I noticed I was like, it was two underscores on the yeah. Instagram that, that was doing that. So it's, it's so one odd. underscore after that mortgage guy on IG and it's that mortgage guy on TikTok. So that, that account has literally been spammy people asking for socials, like what sending money via WhatsApp, like the forex trading, there's like four or five other schemes too. It's it's nuts. Yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, and you're probably dealing with it on TikTok a little bit. Are you verified on TikTok or no? Not yet. No, yet. you should. Yeah, you should be. But you you put you're putting out great content. If you're a lender, this is the guy you want to be emulating in your own way. Like Scott said, be authentic. But what you're doing to create an abundance of leads for all of your partners nationwide, all of the agents that you work with. It's an amazing thing, my man. I'm, I'm really excited that Tom introduced us to each other and that I'm going to be able to stay connected with you here uh, going forward, man. I'm really appreciative of you. Likewise, man. I appreciate you. All right, guys. Go check out Scott. Thanks for being on the podcast, brother. You too. Thanks, Brian.